Hello and welcome back to I Promise It Won't Be Boring. I'm your host, Anne Verhoeven, and in each episode, my guests and I will revel in our most memorable travel adventures, discuss the highs and lows of living abroad, and lots more. This episode is coming at you a little bit late, so my apologies, but the silly season has indeed been incredibly silly over in my neck of the woods. It's not only that time of year when you're out far too often with friends and colleagues, eating and drinking as though your life depended on it, but I'm also preparing to move back to London and I'm pretty busy in my day job. Despite being very busy, I've definitely found myself reflecting a lot lately on the year that was 2021 and what might be ahead in 2022. Also, this year I'll actually be spending Christmas alone for the very first time in my life. Well, I'm actually going to have a fairy friend as company. Shout out to Tian for letting me cat sit her dear Marlo. Also, my dear friends Meryl and Emma, who, you know, they're podcast regulars, have organized seven days of like surprise gifts for me, which is incredible. And it's definitely making me feel a bit less lonely during Christmas time. So love you gals. But while I've come to terms with spending Christmas alone this year, I still really miss my family a hell of a lot. We usually try to get together somewhere in the world to eat, drink and be merry, but this year it was all a bit tricky to coordinate uh, getting back home to Australia. So this time of year has me reflecting more than ever on how precious and special family and chosen family can be if you're lucky enough to be close to them. I literally can't wait to reunite with mine, hopefully in early 2022. This topic of families brings me to this episode's very special guest, my dear friend in Berlin, Meryl. We met Meryl back in episode four, so if you haven't actually heard this one, do be sure to go back and give it a listen. I first met Meryl back in 2019 here in Berlin at a very random but quite fun house party. I was a tag along of a friend called Eva who happened to play a lot of beach volleyball. Despite us being very far from actual beaches or beach weather. Berlin is apparently full of sand, volleyball courts and clubs. Many of these athletes were actually on that evening crammed into this tiny flat, which I certainly didn't mind. At some stage in the wee hours of the morning, I wandered into the kitchen to find some wine and caught the eye of a friendly face from across the room. We introduced ourselves, she poured me some red wine and we got chatting. Meryl's the kind of person with that vibrant smile and infectious laughter and just really warm kind of um, personality that makes you immediately want to be their best friend. When I asked where she was from, she said she was Dutch Brazilian. I shared that my grandfather was Dutch and we chatted a little about Dutch sweets and humor, both of which are very important to the culture. And within minutes, we were deep in conversation as though we were old friends. She also opened up to me about what she meant by Dutch Brazilian that she was, in fact, Dutch in terms of nationality and identity, but that she had Brazilian heritage because she was actually adopted from Brazil. For me personally, adoption is one of those topics that makes me incredibly emotional. As someone in their mid-30s who doesn't yet have children of their own, um, I've definitely always been drawn to stories of parents who adopt. I follow a bunch of families on Insta, such as Elsie Larson and Pam Willis, I'm drawn to series and documentaries on the topic. I'm currently watching a UK show called Trying, which is lovely. Um, And I also think that trash show, Bling Empire, fabulous trash, was made much better by the adoption subplot of a main character. 
And I just think it's a really honorable, wonderful thing to do, quite frankly. Also, like, pretty logical. I mean, there are plenty of kids who need homes in the world. So if you can provide that, how incredible if you can put your hand up to become a parent in that way. The thing is, I've noticed that there's a lot of content out there documenting the experience of what it's like to adopt to support those people who would like to. Um, and, you know, that journey and experience of the early years before and during, which is particularly focused, I find, on babies or young children. Um, but I didn't personally have any grown-up friends who were themselves adopted. That was until I met Meryl. So in this episode, I'm so honoured to have Meryl as a guest, sharing with us her own adoption story. In 1990, Meryl was adopted as a baby from Brazil and brought back to the Netherlands, where she grew up in a city called, and let's hope I don't butcher this, Hangelo. Hangelo? Yeah, I think that's it. Meryl's story is not only a heartwarming testimony to how adoption can go beautifully right, but a touching and deeply personal tale of a family who I haven't had the pleasure yet of meeting, but who are so inspiring to me and I'm sure will be to many others. And during the holidays, I couldn't really think of a better way to honour this idea of love and connection than to celebrate my amazing friend and her exceptional family. So I hope you enjoy this very special episode. And as always, I promise it won't be boring. Here's Meryl. My name is Meryl, obviously. Um, I'm from the Netherlands. I'm 30 years old, working marketing, communications, love everything that's creative. Love Annie, obviously. Oh. She's a wonderful person and <laughs> I'm looking so much more forward to so much many more talks and to having so much more wine and cheese and um, enjoying life. And I know that wherever you will go, you will be a part of me and I will be a part of you. I believe Aww. that. I truly believe that. <laughs> Don't make me cry. <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean it. I think so. I'm so my family exists out of my my mom and my dad and my two brothers. And my brothers are twins, but they're uh, biologically actually from my parents. Um, and we, my brothers and I, I was born in June, and my brothers are born in February. So we're literally seven months apart. So it's really, really like short. So I think in the end, we kind of like we grew up also more like triplets, even though obviously guys and the boys are always, you know, they they hate each other, they love each other, they are just the same age. So and I was always a bit like the oldest sister and always a bit beyond my years, I would say, especially when I was younger. I was three months, I was a baby, which I think is really good, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, like, every child would deserve, like, a chance to get adopted, I think, I personally think, but I do think that if you go to a different continent or whatsoever, I think the younger the child is, the probably more beneficial it is for the child itself, because you don't have the language, you don't have, like, the experiences and you never know what the unconsciousness, um, unconscious mind actually basically can record already. So, yeah, three months, very, very young. Yeah, so I guess you wouldn't have had any memories, at least consciously. No, 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 no. No, because literally my dad was already with me after 12 days because um, my... So I was born in June, so they got this phone call, I think, in mid-May that I was almost due, or, or my biological mother was almost due. And then, like, my my mom actually found out in May, because my brothers are in February, that, um, that she was pregnant <laughs> from twins. 
So oh. literally, my, my parents actually heard in one month, literally in one month, um, that they got triplets basically within like eight months. So it was absolute mayhem. And uh, my mom was actually not allowed to fly. So my dad uh, uh, went to me alone and he was with me after 12 days already. And at that time, obviously, I'm, I'm born in 1990, so he didn't have WhatsApp, he didn't have video call, nothing. So everything was like recorded or and called. And so I think it's a very different experience than, than what you would have now these days. And, um, and what did your parents name you? And when did they name you? Oh, I always was named Meryl. Um, but Meryl actually means blackbird. So um, actually, my grandma was the one that made that decision because it was between Anne Fleur and also Anne and Fleur. <laughs> and, <laughs> Is that like Annabelle kind of? Yeah, but it's like Anna Flower, Anne Flower. Yeah. Fleur, because Fleur is like flower in French. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I think the English equivalent would be Annabelle. Yeah, it could because be. Because Annabelle is a type of flower. Yes. Yeah, so this is really funny because my grandma actually, because it had to be on the dot because in Brazil everything goes differently and you have the name before the child is born almost. And then they said Meryl or uh, Anna Fleur and then my grandma said Meryl, obviously, because she comes flying by plane. Um, yeah. So, From Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. yeah, always, always was called this, never had any, uh, any other names. So when it comes to being adopted into a family, um, can you tell me a little bit about what childhood memories you have of that? And was there a specific moment when you realized that you were somehow a little different? So when I grew up, um, I actually had no idea because I think like I just grew up in such a loving family and my parents are absolutely my real parents. Like I always say, my brothers are my real brothers and they're just like... I, I would not actually think of them. I would never say like, you know, I'm not like completely related to them because it doesn't feel that way. And no one actually made us feel that way ever. Um, so I think that's really, really good. But when I grew up, I only found out since I was six, something like this around this age, because I was, I remember so well, you know, I was looking in the mirror and then my mom was actually like, she was brushing my hair. And then for the first time, it was not that I saw the difference in her hair because I have this kind of thick black curly hair. And my mom has actually also curls, but like at that time she did it because she always straightened it. But she had like, she has a different kind of hair. Um, but I actually looked at our eyes and for the first time, I kind of noticed that our eyes were not the same or that they didn't have like the same color. But the funny thing is, my parents always prepared all three of us that this moment would come. So for example, even, and they also never lied. And I think that's a really, really like very important aspect of the story because as long as we can, all three can remember, they always told us like, you know, my twin brothers, they were coming from my mama's belly. You know, how old are you then? And you're really like two or three, you know, even like super, super young. And they always told me, like, no, you're not from mama's belly, but you're from our hearts. So from my dad and from my mom. So I kind of like I knew that there was like something like different, but it was OK. And I think like they always like 
they never lied about it. They always were honest, but they also like really guided it well. So with every age, you're so young at some point, also when you're four or five, you know, then they started to tell about Brazil and those kind of things. But when I was six and seven, like they also showed, they actually bought like this kind of encyclopedia and they kind of showed on the map where Brazil, you know, was and um, explained that actually I had like a different mommy, you know, in child's words, but that she loved me very much, but that she couldn't take care of me. So this is the reason why. And I think like the, the fact that they always talked about it, they always like made it also like something to talk about. So for example, if one of the three of us had a question in the morning and it was something like very quickly that was mentioned about the her, but what is Brazil? Even though they had told us like already 10 million times, they always made sure that, you know, that we had to sit in the dinner table in the evening and then also all three of us. So no one was ever left out. And then we would discuss it again. Maybe even, you know, when your children think, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to play again with my doll or whatever or with my car. But it was always discussed and also, I think, like very like uh, repetitive. But I think like as children it was really good. So when we came at the age that we actually could understand, it was actually not that big of a shock because unconsciously we already had been prepared for it in a way. Yeah, I, th I think it was, I think, yeah, six or seven. I think something like this. And this is really that I saw the eyes of my mom that I really thought, hey, like, you have blue eyes. And then, you know, my brothers also have, like, blue eyes. And my dad actually also has blue eyes. So I was the only one with brown eyes. And I really remember this moment that I was looking at my mom like, hey, something is not right. Like, something is just off. Like, how is this actually possible? And then, you know, you go to school because, you know, I told her at that moment, I said, hey, mom, why actually do you have different hair and different eyes than I have? And um, I think for her, it was really the moment that she thought, okay, she got it kind of like yeah. now it's like the understanding that she has. So I don't even know what she said, but it was all fine. We went to school, no big deal. But in the evening, then we again had to sit down and yeah, I don't know if my brothers actually got it at the moment because they were a tiny bit younger. But yeah, it was actually all good at that time and moment. So they always also when I had an older age or also when my brothers were older, like we always made it discussable and we always talked about it. And my brothers also didn't ask to have a sister that is adopted. Right. And but I can honestly say my brothers are my real brothers and I like I could not live without them. I also like. You know, when you grow up as teenagers, you also think, okay, these guys are so annoying. Yeah. But <laughs> I know, I know. I have two, I have two brothers myself. Exactly, exactly. But I think, yeah, the, the most important, like, take from that is that I think, like, everyone almost has that. And I think in the end, if you, if you still, like, talk each other and you love each other at the end of the day and, you know, no one can touch them because I will break you, you know, then I think it's actually pretty cool and pretty good. So it's clear that your parents are like super open and really cool with the topic of adoption. And, you know, they were open with you and your brothers from an early age, which I, it seems like it's had a great impact on you guys. Um, and you seem to have a really close relationship as a family and a close bond. And this definitely shows in the way, like the pride that you have in your origin story, which, you know, you were, it was clear from the first moment I met you at that party but it's also something like I, this topic is very personal for you and your family. So I'm guessing you don't always feel like that, um, right? Like you don't always feel like sharing this with everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, 
you know, um, I ha- like I have to be honest, like I'm not always like, I mean, I'm now on a podcast, obviously, but I'm not always like super open to it. I also sometimes had like um, times where I just didn't feel like telling, but I do think like in the end, it's like such an open topic in, in my family. And also, to be honest, I grew up really, really great in terms of I even had made friends on the hockey field that actually found out after two years that I'm that I was adopted from Brazil because apparently the family always kind of looked so alike. And in a way, like my mom and I look different, but I'm also like pretty much the same like her, which sounds really strange, but people actually, you know, some people actually don't even notice. And my dad always has been gray, always had gray hair so as well. So people think he actually, back in the day when he was younger, he also had black hair, like the same color as I have. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But, but- yeah I don't know people also kind of assumed that it was the way it is and I think that's a really beautiful thing as well because sometimes even you don't have to like maybe 100% look alike but if if the love and if the heart sits well with everyone then I think it kind of shows as well as a unity to to other people as well can you recall any moments while you're growing up when you felt like negative or um, you know, you didn't feel great about your adoption story? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, actually not. But I think also, I think my parents did, did such a great job with making it discussable. And I know that with like adoption, there's also this really big stigma actually around it where always people would say, you know, if a child would be a very bad, like be very bad in puberty, that people would say, oh yeah, you know, you can tell because he or she is adopted. So in a way, maybe I'm also kind of like grateful to kind of show the other side because I do think that if there's like honesty and love involved and usually the parents that want to adopt a child and like give them a better life have gone through so much. Like I'm not even talking about the emotional burden, but I'm also talking about the psychology assessments or I'm talking about like the financial like support, you know, not only towards the child, but also the lawyers and the administration from the current the country that they're living in. And, you know, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but <laughs> but like, you know, in principle, a lot of people, of course, you know, can easily or more easily have children. So people that try to the that actually decide to adopt a child usually have, you know, a, a bigger how do you say Investment like bigger or something? Yeah, bigger breath. Yeah. Or like, you know, a larger breath to actually make it happen. Because also for my parents, it took them six years. Yeah. This is a long time to be pregnant if you would compare that, right? Mm. But I think in the end, um this like I do understand, like people then also like say sometimes, yeah, okay, but you know, you don't know what you what you get yourself involved with because you don't know the child. But my parents, for example, always said even when we had like biological children, you also don't know what is going to come out, like to to say it very bluntly. So yeah, yeah. in the end, it's all about like you get what is given and then it's about how you cope with it, whatever, you know, if it's biologically or not, like it shouldn't matter because love is love. And this is also the thing that you choose actually when you want to have a child, no matter regardless if it's like biologically or like, um, an, you know, or adopted or whatever. So 
So as you know, uh, this podcast is about living abroad, travel and adventure, and a theme that I think underpins like many of discussions that I've had with people on this show is one of cultural identity. Even though we haven't talked about it specifically, like these ideas of where are you from, where is home, um, and like the cultural nationality we identify as, we identify as versus where we choose to live or make our home um, definitely comes into play. So I was wondering, like, when it comes to you and your unique story, um, if I ask you where you're from, how would you answer that? Yeah, I think it's also funny um, that you talk about it because, you know, also one thing that my parents, for example, always did is they never made me choose, right? So uh, yes, I'm. If you, if you, if I have to describe my myself, I would say yes, I'm half Brazilian, half Dutch. But I would always like identify more with Dutch because I feel Dutch. But what they always did also when I grew up, I never had to choose. So I know that, for example, sometimes my emotions are definitely a bit different than the stereotypical um, Dutch person. And I have some rhythm things. And so, you know, these kind of like certain yeah, things yeah, that maybe, yeah. exactly, yeah, a bit tropical, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> that maybe, a, maybe a bit like a more distinct, which is funny, which is cool, you know, fine. But like whatever it was, like even if it's like the stereotypical things, like they never, never, ever made me choose. So when I actually decided to go or when we decided to go back, because we went back with the five of us, which I think is also really, really beautiful. We actually decided to like have like this trip three or four weeks, I think it was, um, where we would meet like on the one hand, obviously uh, the biological family, but also then would have like a few days for ourselves again and then meet um, persons of the biological family again and then have a few days for ourselves because I think also for my brothers and for my parents you know it's a lot of things that have to be digested at that time so when I came there there were certain things that are totally like recognized as well for example uh, the figure of the women um, I've sounds super superficial and I don't even mean it like that per se but for example I saw that the more curvy woman even when they were super thin or you know a bit more curvy or bigger in general that there were always these kind of curves and I think when I grew up in the Netherlands it was always you had these you know stereotypical uh, young girls that you know I was always the first one that had the curves and always you know also sometimes super uncomfortable now I'm totally fine with it. I actually don't mind anymore. But those kind of things were so funny to recognize. But also um, in the Netherlands or in Germany, actually usually for work and important things, I'm always on time. But with friends, then usually I'm a bit late. And it definitely, <laughs> it definitely got better over over the years. I have to say. But there were times where it was really awful, like really, really awful. And, but like in, in Brazil, we had dinner, we had a dinner appointment and we made the appointment, I think at 7 PM and, um, the persons that we were like, uh, that we were supposed to meet, they literally came, I think at 9:30, and we, as dumb as we were at that moment, the one and only moment I have to say, we actually hadn't had dinner because we actually assumed that I we know we knew that we were in Brazil obviously, but that we would like that we would see them probably at eight p.m. So eight p.m. then eight thirty in a restaurant, but then we would actually have food, and then they came like at nine thirty. But like for them, it was like, yeah, it was normal actually. 
It was like <laughs> so, not a big so, deal. <laughs> so, so if you ever rock up late, you can just say, oh, sorry, it's the Brazilian part of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely got better over time. I have to say I got really, really better over time. But like, so those kind of like cultural identities, like actually after we left as well, I, I really... And I remember that I told my parents and I said, you know, I think Brazil is a beautiful country. It has so many different aspects. And also what I love is the little things, you know, the music, the the love, the, the people, the colors, the everything, the food. I think it's really, really great, interesting. You have nature, city, everything. But I could not live there because it's too, I'm too Dutch for this. Like it's too chaotic. Um, also work-wise, appointments. Uh, administration like it's uh, yeah it's too chaotic I think that's like definitely politically correct can you tell me a little bit about what kind of relationship you have with your Brazilian biological family I think it's such a beautiful country if you can visit there. And I still obviously have my biological family there as well. I have a biological brother and a biological sister, which is like great. And we have a really good connection. And also my real brothers have a really good connection with them. And also my parents have a really good connection. So it's kind of... Wow. Yeah, I think it's like really, really cool because it's really like an extended like family. It's almost like you have got to know like actually your family as well in Eindhoven. Uh, probably it's a bit similar, mm. I think. Yeah, maybe. It's like that kind of distant but familiar. Yeah, um, and you, you didn't know them before, right? No, I only met them in my late 20s. Exactly, yeah. I, so, I, think I, was, I think I was 27 when I met them for the first time. Yeah, it's probably like, I think it's really, really probably similar. The only thing is that, of course, my biological brother and sister, we are like closer related, right? And in some parts really look alike, which is really interesting to say the least yeah. but also very cool very nice um how yeah. did you how did you feel when you first met them in person and saw them physically like did you feel kind of emotion rush over you did yeah. you feel yeah but all of us like also like also my brothers it was so emotional but the biggest surprise was actually with my my biological brother because uh, we had actually established contact already two years before, before we actually met. Um, also to start with like getting to know each other, because obviously Brazil is uh, highly emotional, which is beautiful. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we like, I didn't want to have like the kind of meeting where it would only be tears without, you know, where it only would be tears, but also, you know, where you already like continue with an existing bond that you would have. And this is in the end what we did. So we did see photos and stuff. But the funny thing is like when I saw my biological brother, like this was so crazy. This was literally looking in the mirror. Really? And this is the thing, the first thing that I thought when I saw him. And with my biological sister, it's actually we have the same way with moving our hands. So it's like more those kind of things, which is also really weird because you do certain things a certain way and then someone else does them too. But with my biological brother, it was really like like I was looking in the mirror. And this is literally what I thought when the moment when I saw him. So it was highly emotional. Everyone was crying. My brothers, my parents, <laughs> they, they were crying. But like, <laughs> how, how, how long did you 
all cry for? And were you in public or were you in their house? Uh, yeah, so with my biological sister, we met in the hotel, which was also nerve-wracking because we were like waiting there, you know, with the five of us and uh, with the friend that helped us, a Brazilian friend that helped us to find them. Um, there was in a hotel and then with my biological brother, we actually went to the house of this friend, which was like a kind of, uh, in Spanish you say quince, but it's like a... Um, it's like a farm kind of so yeah. it was a bit more remote and i remember that we got there and my biological brother actually lives in rio de janeiro so he came a bit later but it wasn't the same day and we came there to this barbecue uh this delicious like brazilian barbecue and we oh, got yes. bears and and caprinhas and it was food and really 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 good and then at some point, my biology, like everyone was shouting, yeah, Felipe, Felipe is coming. <laughs> so everyone is standing there. And then, yeah, a couple of hours later, he just, I see him still coming throughout the stairs, right? He just came from the stairs. And then, yeah, it was, it's something that you recognize in the deepest of your soul. It's really weird, but beautiful, but also really weird. Yeah. Something that you recognize. That's literally, I think, the best description that you can give. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and a big thanks to my dear friend Meryl. Your family are clearly a total bunch of legends and I can't wait to meet you all one day. Just a quick note, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really love it if you could rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts and help spread the word via social. Until next time, 